From Schwartz Media, I'm Ruby Jones. This is 7am. This week, federal MPs returned to Canberra for the first time since the summer break. Prime Minister Scott Morrison tried to use the opportunity to craft a narrative about the economic bounce back and the pending rollout of the vaccine. But his strategy was blown off course after one of his backbenchers came under heavy criticism for promoting misinformation about COVID-19. Today, columnist for the Saturday paper, Paul Bongiorno, on the problems rogue Liberal MPs are making for the Prime Minister and why it took him so long to rein them in. Paul, hello, how are you? Hi there, Ruby. Good to see you again after the break. Likewise. Uh, how's it all going in Canberra? First week back for Parliament? Yes, well, Parliament came back and, um, well, what an exciting week it was. We even had Biffo in the corridors of power when Labor's Tanya Klibasek had a confrontation with the maverick Liberal Craig Kelly. Uh, it created quite a stir and, um, well, it's nothing like a bit of fish on to get the blood running in these times of COVID. I do want to talk about that, but let's go back to the start of the week first, Paul, because on Monday, the Prime Minister addressed the National Press Club in Canberra and he talked about the economy and also about the latest plan for the vaccine rollout. So what did he tell us? Everyone, please welcome the Prime Minister. Well, thank you very much, Laura, and to everybody who's here today, can I, of course, begin... Well, Ruby, at the press club, the Prime Minister lauded the fact that the economy and jobs comeback, as he called it, is underway. Today, Australia stands out across the world in response to the pandemic. But he acknowledged there is a cloud over it all, that the pandemic was still raging. The virus hasn't gone anywhere. Indeed, it's morphing into new and more virulent strains. So we must remain vigilant. Morrison outlined a massive outlay to purchase over 140 million doses of vaccine, enough, he said, to cover the Australian population several times over. Now, this will be one of the largest logistics exercises ever seen in Australia. The vaccine rollout will begin in a few weeks' time and all Australians will have the opportunity to be inoculated by October. Of course, it presumes that the current overwhelming public support for vaccination found in the latest opinion polls is not undermined. Public trust will be key to the rollout after all. And in fact, uh, Ruby, the very first question Morrison was asked at the press club went exactly to that point. But aren't we wasting taxpayers' money if at the same time you don't rein in your own government MPs who are spreading disinformation about both the virus and the vaccines on social media? Morrison was asked if he was wasting taxpayers' money spending $24 million to build public confidence on vaccine safety. While at the same time, he wasn't reining in his own MPs who are spreading disinformation on social media, and in particular, Sydney backbencher Craig Kelly. Scott Morrison was both flippant about Kelly and supportive of him. Don't go to Facebook to find out about the vaccine. Go to official government websites. Don't want to understand about vaccines? Go and talk to Brendan Murphy over there. That's who I talk to. He said the Sydney MP was a great local member, but not someone qualified to hand out advice on the vaccine. 
As Morrison put it... I, I, he's not my doctor, and he's not yours. <laughs> <laughs> but he has a great job in his. Craig Kelly is clearly not anyone's doctor, but what is the medical advice that he's been giving? Well, Kelly's been sharing unproven remedies for COVID-19 like hydroxychloroquine on his extremely popular Facebook page for months now. He's criticised the government's health experts. He's even accused them of not keeping up with the latest developments. And he's ignored the explanations they've given to him in writing. You've got medical experts from all around the world running studies and trials that show unambiguously that the effect of hydroxychloroquine when taken early and when taken with zinc reduces, and we're not just talking about slight illnesses, reduces deaths, Alan, up to 63%. He shared anti-vaccine conspiracy theories. He said that face masks for teenagers are child abuse. And this week he probably topped it all off when he... uh, did a podcast with the notorious anti-vaxxer Pete Evans. And there's dozens of these studies that show if you were given a hydroxychloroquine combined with zinc and an antibiotic early, you can have perhaps an 80% reduction in hospitalisation and deaths. It's the same for... And he's been facing growing criticism for it all along. Right, and the Prime Minister, Scott Morrison, is also starting to feel some heat on this. It seems unlikely that that his fairly benign response at the press club will have resolved this issue, Paul. Well, that's exactly right. Uh, Neither the media nor the opposition were so easily dismissed. Uh, They ensured that uh, Kelly's campaign for COVID treatments, rejected by Australia's top health authorities, and his questioning of the vaccine's safety escalated to an embarrassment for Morrison and a huge distraction from the government's preferred agenda. The situation, Ruby, became almost farcical when Kelly did a series of interviews in the mainstream media the next day, that is on Tuesday, claiming he had Morrison's support and that he'd never been disciplined. By late yesterday, Mr Kelly insisted the Prime Minister had not told him to rein it in. No, and firstly, uh, I don't think there's anything that needs to be reined in. Uh, The Prime Minister's been very supportive. Not anymore. His phone ringing consistently during our interview, the PM trying to warn him what he'd say if asked about his views. The Prime Minister's office by late Tuesday went into damage control, briefing out that Morrison had made it clear to Kelly he was unhappy the backbencher was pushing unofficial medical remedies. But the very next morning, Kelly made it pretty clear he wasn't all that concerned about the PM's apparent dressing down. We'll be back in a moment. As a a. 7am listener, you value the story behind the headlines. That's why you should read Post, a free daily newsletter bringing you the top five news stories of the day, summarising each of their key points. Sign up today at thesaturdaypaper.com.au slash newsletters. As a a. 7am listener, you value the story behind the headlines. That's why you should read Post, a free daily newsletter bringing you the top five news stories of the day summarising each of their key points with links to full articles from a range of sources. Get the news you need to your inbox every weekday morning with Post. Sign up at thesaturdaypaper.com.au slash newsletters. Paul, Scott Morrison has been under pressure to rein in backbencher Craig Kelly, who's been 
spreading misinformation about COVID-19 and vaccines for a while now. The Prime Minister's office told journalists that that he had tried to rein in Kelly. So did it work? Well, as I say, uh, Ruby, Kelly was unabashed on Wednesday morning. He continued his round of media interviews, even interrupting a corridor press conference being held by Labor's former health minister, Tanya Plibersek. Right, and this is the, the bifo that you mentioned before? Well, that's exactly right. Yeah. You I, making I, any big announcements? Yes, I'm, I'm actually... Did you hear about Professor Clancy? You've got to listen to our, oh, most, oh, oh, our, most, senior, our most senior immunologist, Tanya. Kelly told Plibersek to take notice of one immunologist's dissenting view on two of the contentious remedies he was pushing. She asked him if he disagreed with his Prime Minister and accused him of putting the lives of people at risk who refused the vaccine because she said of these crazy conspiracy theories you're spreading. Well, this is 100% right. He agrees with I'm you. I'm saying you Scott are Morrison, right. Listen, Morrison agrees listen, with you, does he, Craig? Listen to... I'm not up to... My Prime Minister will speak for himself. Listen to the words of our most senior immunologist. The confrontation received instant wide coverage on mainstream radio and TV and social media. Kelly's been making uh, some media appearances and he clashed with uh, a senior Labor frontbencher, Tanya Plibersek, today as he was coming out of the Sky News studios here in Parliament House. And it forced the Prime Minister to stop his pussyfooting around with Kelly. OK, so what did he do this time? Well, later on Wednesday, the Prime Minister came into the Parliament and he said he'd made his position clear to Craig Kelly. It is true that uh, views expressed by the member for Hughes uh, do not align with my views or the views of the advice that has been provided to me by the Chief Medical Officer. Earlier today, the member for Hughes and I, Morrison went on, discussed these matters and I made it very clear that was the view of me as Prime Minister. And of course the views of the government. Vaccination is critical. And Ruby, we know this time there was a real reprimand because Kelly was forced to release a statement. But he didn't put that statement on his Facebook page, nor did he take off the Facebook page any of the claims and conspiracy theories that he'd got into trouble for. In the statement, the vetted statement, Kelly said he agreed to support the government's vaccine rollout, which has been endorsed by the medical experts. So it seems like the Prime Minister has finally decided to use his authority to pull Craig Kelly into line. But what do you think took him so long? Well, I think the most benign explanation is that the Prime Minister didn't want to amplify, didn't want to give more oxygen to Kelly's ridiculous views but you have to take into account also that Kelly plays a useful role in signalling to right-wing voters, the more extreme right-wing voters, and those who are flirting with Pauline Hanson and One Nation, well, they can stay in the Liberal tent. They don't have to leave and, and vote for someone else. And also, Morrison stepped in before the last election to save Kelly's political hide. So maybe he felt a certain attachment to him or loyalty to him. Paul, while Scott Morrison has been sucked into the Craig Kelly story, there are bigger things happening. The vaccine rollout, for example, and the economy still being in recovery mode. So what are the consequences of the Prime Minister having to spend all this time dealing with a fringe backbencher? 
Well, that's a very good question, Ruby. Morrison took weeks longer than it was necessary to pull Kelly into line, especially given uh, the Prime Minister is well aware of the fragility of the economic recovery. It's a fragility spelled out also by the Reserve Bank Governor, Philip Lowe, in his statement this week when the board kept interest rates at historically low levels, at crisis levels. Uh, The RBA, though, doesn't see any significant improvements until 2024, especially in wages growth. Even then, Governor Lowe says the recovery remains dependent on the health situation and on significant fiscal and monetary support. Now, look, there's no doubt the monetary support is significant. Uh, coming from the bank's initiatives, the historic low interest rates and the creation of $100 million to buy government debt through a new bond buyback. But on the fiscal side, the government's decision to begin pulling back support is highly problematic and based on heroic assumptions, according to a number of economists, of consumer behaviour. Morrison's return to conservative orthodoxy with his you-can't-run-the-Australian-economy-on-taxpayers'-money-forever, well, it may not be shared by the millions who will see their incomes shrink when JobKeeper ends, JobSeeker is cut, and wages continue to stagnate. And Ruby, with the expectation of an election sometime this year... The Prime Minister really can't risk voter anger swamping any gratitude they may have that the pandemic has been handled better than elsewhere. Paul, thanks for your time today. It's great speaking to you again. Thanks, Ruby. Good to have the old team back together again. (laughs) You can read Paul Bongiorno's column in the Saturday paper tomorrow. As a listener of 7am, you can subscribe to the Saturday paper for half price. It's a great way to support the show and fund the independent journalism that drives it. A half price digital subscription works out to less than a dollar a week. Go to thesaturdaypaper.com.au slash podcast offer to subscribe. This special offer for 7am listeners is available until the end of February. Sloane Crosley is known for her funny and acerbic personal essays, but her new memoir digs much deeper to examine the loss of her best friend. Join me, Michael Williams, as I chat with Sloane about Grief is for People. Find it wherever you listen. Also in the news today, a bushfire northeast of Perth has destroyed more than 80 properties, as WA's Premier Mark McGowan warned that the threat was far from over. More than 10,000 hectares of land have been burnt and the perimeter of the blaze is over 130 kilometres. Hundreds of homes have been evacuated. And the Victorian government is adamant that the Australian Open will go ahead as scheduled next week, despite the state's first positive case of COVID-19 in a month being linked to a tennis hotel quarantine site. 7am is a daily show from The Monthly and The Saturday Paper. It's produced by Ruby Schwartz, Elle Marsh, Atticus Basto, Michelle Macklem and Cinnamon Nippard. Ryan Compo mixes the show. Our editor is Osman Faruqi. Eric Jensen is our editor-in-chief. Our theme music is by Ned Beckley and Josh Hogan of Envelope Audio. New episodes of 7am are released every weekday morning. Subscribe in your favourite podcast app to make sure that you don't miss out. I'm Ruby Jones. See you next week. Listener.